It's Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Sixers lost three games this past week, dropped down to fifth place, but just two and a half games back. That's good. The trade deadline is looming. It's tomorrow. The Flyers return to the ice tonight, hopefully for a much better second half of the season. Big question with them is Claude Giroux. And talk, speaking of trades, Major League Baseball negotiations, they're going nowhere. That's not looking good. We will make our Super Bowl predictions tonight. Um, and one of our guests tonight, Philadelphia legend Dick Vermeil, is hopefully selected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. Bill, we've got such a full show that I'm afraid I'm not going to have time for my 20-minute segment on this year's Academy Award nominations that came out yesterday. So I know you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I am. I am. But, hey, as you said, we got a couple great guests tonight. Former Daily News writer Ed Barkowitz will be joining us. And, as we said, hopefully tomorrow, Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Vermeil returning to Philly Press Box Radio. You know, um, Bill, you and I, of course, being Eagles fans, we really hoping that Dick gets in. We both had the opportunity of meeting Dick on several occasions over the years, including a few times at uh, the great golf event that he put together, he and Kevin Riley and others for 27 years. What a great guy. And uh, yeah, I had a chance to talk with him. You're going to hear that interview in the second half of the show. And boy, what a great guy, a Philly sports icon. So uh, stick around for that, everybody. All right. Well, hey, let's get it going. Let's welcome Ed Barkowitz back to Philly Press Box Radio. Ed, welcome back. Oh, hang on. We got to get you on the screen there. Well, there on. we go. Hello, there Ed. Go. What's up, fellas? How are you? Doing All good. Right. Yeah, don't be intimidated, reminded... Ed, but you're opening for Dick Vermeil tonight, so no pressure. Yeah, exactly. I, did, I don't know how it feels to open for the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dick Vermeil, uh, uh, I certainly hope he gets in. Uh, I, I'm reminded of a wonderful Ray Dinger story. Uh, that he tells when Vermeil first took over the Eagles in uh, 1976. So they're out, and I believe uh, camp was at Westchester at that point. Um, and there is all sorts of uh, activity, uh, helicopters, all this, you know, stuff that's going on around the city. And and Vermeil couldn't understand what was going on. Well, it was the bicentennial, and then you know the whole country was coming to Philadelphia to celebrate the bicentennial. And Vermeil was like. What's the bicentennial? We have a football season to prepare for. What are all these helicopters doing here? Yeah, he was just laser focused in on trying to turn that Eagles team around. And it took him a couple of years, but he did. And I, I join you guys in hoping he does get into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, another thing, he and Ray didn't get along right away because uh, he was used to the college coaching thing at UCLA, and he didn't understand how some of the reporters could, like, actually report what was happening and be negative about things. So Dick did not like Ray Dinger the first year or two that he was in town. How about that? How about that? Yeah, yeah. reality reality can be a little different going from the colleges to the pros, and that's that still rings true today. Look at Urban Meyer. Yep. Yep. Hey, well, we're going to talk lots of football, uh, especially regarding the Super Bowl with you in just a bit and Super Bowl betting and all that. But one one thing that's really in the news right now, of course, is the whole Ben Simmons saga. I know you're not down there in the locker room or anything, but do you think it's going to happen before 3 p.m. tomorrow? Is number 25 going to get shipped out of town finally? I I mean, you, you would hope so if you're, you root for the Sixers. Uh, he's just stagnant. Uh, fellas, it's one of the more bizarre stories uh, that we've come across. It's certainly you know, our combined experience of seeing a lot of craziness. 
but the idea that that Simmons would just sort of give up that you know the, the thing that resonates with me was when uh, uh, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid offered to, to to go out and mediate this thing I guess in the summer before the season mm-hmm. and he flatly rejected them um, mm-hmm. I don't know why a team would trade for that headache um, I understand that there is maybe a push he's you know he's a top 25 talent uh, he's useless in the last five minutes of a game as you saw in the playoffs but there's there's he, he is a wonderful player but he's got so much baggage I don't see why a team would trade for him and give up anything significant yeah that that's how I feel too I mean you know this it's like the circus coming to town as soon as he shows up and and then you don't know if he's really going to come and be really interested in playing or 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 what he's doing I mean you don't know what you're getting yeah, I feel bad for him because he does. I mean, in certain, from a human standpoint, I mean, he's created this whole mess because he just, it seems like he doesn't want to, you know, face the criticism of not dunking the ball against the Hawks. But, uh, you know, in, in some ways, I, I, you know, you, I, my heart, I just hope it ends well for the man. I mean, you know, he's still a human being, and I hope that whatever he's got going on turns around. Hey, we got the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, uh, Super Bowl 56, the Bengals and Rams. And before we talk about uh, some of the great bets that people might want to consider making, uh, just I want to ask you, what is your excitement level regarding Super Bowl 56, the Bengals and Rams? Oh, uh, real high uh, for me. I mean, personally, I, I enjoy Joe Burrow. I thought that that, uh, that LSU team that he was on was one of the great college football teams of my lifetime. Um and I enjoy the Bengals. I, I kind of, you know, they, they're, they're a flawed team. I mean, you saw where they gave up nine sacks to Tennessee in the, in, in the playoff game and, you know, and, and got down to the Chiefs. And, but, you know, they rallied. They, you know, they got a little bit of starch to them, a little testicular fortitude, if you will. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm interested more to see uh, the Bengals and, and, frankly, would like to see the Bengals win. The Rams uh, would be uh, – you know, I mean, a uh, nice little change, but, um, you know, given all that they added rather than have built, you know, adding Von Miller and adding Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham, you know, they're kind of going out and buying a Super Bowl, which is, you know, that's fine. That's part of the rules, too. But I find myself rooting maybe more for the Bengals just because, you know, of how they built themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, Ed, you like prop bets. Uh, so... Do you have any hot tips for us to, to jot down for uh, some, some prop bets that are on the top of your list? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things, and I'll say this, that the, one of the popular bets, and I don't make the, the, the coin toss, the head tails bet, uh, but millions of people do. Mm-hmm. Now, now that we're expanded in sports betting, there's a dozen or so options in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey in our viewership area, you have to pay, you, you ought to pay attention to the juice, what's the, which is the line on heads or tails. Now, they'll offer you minus 110, which means you got to put up 110 to win $100. Well, that's a $10, $10 juice is what it's called. In other words, there's there's other uh, sports books that might offer minus 105 or minus 101, which I have seen. So shop around if you're intending to play, uh, bet some props for the first time because as we you know as we know it'll more people will play and bet the super bowl this year than ever before and that that's going to happen probably for the next 10 years as more and more states come on board 
Yeah, we'll talk about some of those bets, but you mentioned uh, the betting. Uh, I did a story yesterday that 31.4 million Americans are expected to make Ooh. bets on this game this year. That's a lot. And counting illegal bets, uh, $7.6 billion is oh. expected to be wagered this year. That's more than double last year's total because, as you know, there's betting now in New York, Louisiana, some other states that didn't have it previously. So it's a lot easier now to place bets. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and um, as you say, New York is is the one that is sort of the the, the big the big gorilla. Um, yeah, they because just started. They are they're they're bringing in handle um, that you know has has never been seen. As you know, New Jersey passed Nevada, which you know made everybody sit up and take notice. But it's all mobile. It's all based off of the phone, yep. and that is sort of what's driving that number. But as, as far as prop bets, uh, if a couple if I could throw out, there's a uh, yeah, there's a um, interceptions one and a half uh, combined for both teams. Um, you know, I like the over there. That you know you get a Burrow who I love. You know first game big stage. Stafford is, you know he he can chuck them with the best of them. In fact, if the uh, uh, the San Fran D back would have made that catch, it, the, the Niners might have been in the Super Bowl. Right. So right. You, there's a line of one and a half on over combined. Uh, interceptions. Uh, I like that. That was minus 110, which I saw. Um, Johnny Hecker, who I, I think is one of the best punters in the league, uh, you can get him over three and a half punts. Yeah, he only had one punt against San Francisco in the NFC Championship, but the six playoff games before that, he had more than four or more punts. So if you can dive into like the deep end of the pool on some of these obscure, seemingly obscure um, uh, propositions, there could be you know some opportunity there. And you like Joe Burrow to throw more than two and a half touchdown passes too, I see. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Mixon, I think, you know, if they get the lead, I think it's going to be because of Burrow. And if they trail, they're going to have to throw the ball. So, uh, you know, they depend on that kid so much, and their, their passing game is is pretty stout, and they have a lot of receivers. Um, but I, I can see them having to move the ball through the air a little bit. And I wanted to ask you, uh, I don't know what they are today, but we saw a couple of days ago the prices for tickets at uh, in Los Angeles, all in the like six, eight, ten thousand dollars a ticket. Um, what, is that something that we can live with in the long haul? I mean, I know sometimes they get expensive, but this was pretty crazy. And this was well, before the Rams were even in it. Right, right. And, and in fact, that's a good point, Bill. Uh, the, the idea, the Rams are – Four, now I think four and a half point favorites. It, it's been back and forth between four and four and a half. But mm -hmm. uh, the consensus from what I saw just checking a little while ago is that the Rams are four and a half. And that's a home game in name only. Uh, right. These $10,000 seats and $5,000 seats, these are all corporate. It, 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 it ought not be expected to be a heavy Rams crowd as you might normally think. Like a Super Bowl at Lincoln Financial Field I know the prices would be outrageous, but I think Eagles fans would be buying those tickets. Um, in LA, that's a market with, you know, sort of a, sometimes a half interested fan base. I mean, you look at the Dodgers, something you know, popular thing, they show up in the second inning and leave in the seventh, um, no matter how good they were. So yeah, I, I think that the, the ticket price, and I wonder too, if how much of it is, this is the first Super Bowl with fans, you know, in a couple of years, and it's the first Super Bowl in you know LA and I think in the LA region and maybe about 20 years uh, if I have that right so yeah I, 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 
it's an outrageous number. I would never pay that for a football game or much less mo- anything. But uh, yeah, that's 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 an interesting number. Hey, getting back to the prop bets, uh, I, one fun thing is a lot of the cross sport bet uh, bets that are out there. Did you come across any that uh, caught your attention that you might want to you know throw some money on? Last Thursday, this is a shameless plug for uh, the Superbook, which is one of the big sports books in Vegas. I happened to be in Vegas last week. Thirty is thirty four pages of prop bets, and among them is the cross uh, sport props. And one that I there was a couple I saw. One involved Villanova. Um, bear with me a second. And one involved Joel Embiid. Uh, here is uh, Villanova. Uh, how many tournament wins will they have versus Los Angeles Rams' first touchdown, first half touchdown? <laughs> so the Rams, you know, get a couple touchdowns. Now you, you you hold your ticket, wait to see what Villanova does in the in the tournament. Just 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 nutty stuff that they come up with that I guess people play, but it, it you know it gets you talking a little bit. And uh, and, and another one was Joel Embiid that they play the Cavaliers on Saturday. Uh, his free number of free throws made versus Cincinnati kicker Evan McPherson points uh, for Sunday. So, you know, if you can think of it, they probably have a line on it. <laughs> yeah, what, one, of our, one of our viewers uh, just messaged this. There's even bets like, will Stafford have a longer completion or LeBron James score more points? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, and so, so if, he airs, if he airs it out, I mean, LeBron's, you know, LeBron's putting up some heck, putting up some real numbers. I, not winning that much, but he's putting up some real numbers. So yeah, it's it's those type of things. And and let's be clear, the sports books, while they'll take uh, heavy action on the point spread and you know the over under, they're not going to take a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar bet on something like that. That'll be a nominal play that they they know they're putting themselves out there with some of these lines. So they're not going to allow you to just go in there and just wreck them for you know five or ten dimes. Our friend Boop, Bob Vitrone Jr., oh, yes. last last week, uh, he, he comes on once in a while, throws some ideas out there. He liked the under on one and a half yards for the shortest touchdown scored in the game. He, think there's gonna be, he thinks there's going to be a one-yard touchdown score. What do you think? A one-yard plunge, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, boy, I'd have to look at that. But, yeah, you know, Boop's a, Boop's a pretty uh, straight guy, a pretty uh, smart guy. Yep. Um, boy, I tell you, I mean – well, mixing, I guess, inside the one. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's if that's his call, <laughs> I, that seems a little. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I respect it, but I wouldn't play that. Okay. So the the line is what four now? Who who do you four, like? Four who do you like to win the game? At four, four and a half. Four and, a half? Um, and in fact, um, uh, Cincinnati is getting. Bear with me one second and get my notes. Uh, the Rams are getting fifty eight percent of the play nationally. As of here we are Wednesday night, um, and the under is getting 61% of the play of the handle uh, nationally. That's just United States uh, and legalized. Um, I like Cincinnati. I think they can win the game. Um, I think that they have, you know, maybe a little bit more reliable running game. Um, and I think they're playing with house money, boy. I think that you know you get a team. They just have that feel of a team who's who's caught a little bit of fire, you know. Put you in mind a little bit of the Eagles a couple of years ago that, you know, they, they won that Kansas City win. Uh, you know, I think that helped that there was a buy after that for them. Um, so I, I like Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati, in fact, to win the game. All right. 
Hey, uh, speaking of odds, what are the odds we're going to have a baseball season that starts on time this year, Ed? <laughs> that sport just can't stop shooting itself in the foot. Can it? <laughs> yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I just can't. It's still ridiculous that they don't have designated hitter rule in, in either or both or in both leagues, either yeah. one way or the other. I, I don't know. I don't know about baseball. <laughs> Well, well, speaking of baseball, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the Hall of Fame selection of one in and the rest out and all kind of have the same issues? Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I I, I don't like the, uh, the, the steroid guys in. I know that there's a lot of call for that. You know, how do you judge? I, I'm okay with Bonds not being in, with Clemens not being in. Uh, you know, they sullied the game. The game certainly looked the other way as – People came back from the 95 strike, uh, 94 and 5 uh, uh, stoppage, um, and certainly didn't didn't uh, didn't dissuade it by any chance. Um, but I, I go back to what Craig Biggio said, you know that that you know all of us who are trying to play it straight got hurt by the those who didn't. I, you know, I, I don't I don't think that you know there 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 are there are monuments in there. There I'm sure there's Barry Bonds paraphernalia all over the Hall of Fame. Um, but I'm okay with, with those guys not being in the hole. All right. Interesting. Well, Ed, I think you needed to go, and I think we yeah. already used up all your time. I got to hit the sports book. Okay. <laughs> get to it, yeah. man. I'll well, do hey, that when I get back. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, are you doing anything social media-wise? People could follow you, or are you just kind of running on your own? Yeah, you know what? I, I took a buyout from the uh, from Daily News and Inquirer in, uh, in the summer. Um, hanging with my dad a little bit, but I'm doing some freelance uh, work, uh, sports betting. I'm on Twitter at Ed Barkowitz. Uh, tweet occasionally, you know, as if I see something or, you know, have something to say, mildly interesting. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm you know, writing for the Inquirer twice a week. Um, so I'm on uh, inquire.com a couple days a week. Um, and otherwise, just spending time with my dad and my family. Good nice. deal. That's what retirement's all about. All right, boys. All right, Ed, appreciate it. Thanks, my man. Enjoy. Yep. Okay. Hey, Chet, I know it's winter. I know the weather's not good up there in the north, and uh, I got a feeling that your couch is getting more mileage than your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. The good news, Bill, it is starting to warm up a little bit. We might hit 60 degrees on Saturday. I'm very happy about that. But anyway, all states pay as you go. Auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Yeah, pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. So see how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that, of course, is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, that number is 610-430-0700. Start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. It's always good to hear Willie. You know that? It is. It really is. Hey, Chet, I got to say, it's time. Uh, the rubber is hitting the road, as they say. NBA trade deadline tomorrow, 3 p.m. Uh, the Sixers going to pull the trigger, I guess, is the first thing. They're two and a half games out of first place. Now, we said last week, you know, this, the, as close as it was, you're not in a situation to lose a couple games in a row. Sure enough, they lost three in a row. Uh, and, and my second question to you, 
Do you semi-blow this team up if it means moving Tobias Harris or a young star uh, in order to get a bigger fish to go along with 25? Chemistry so important, you know, to these teams. And if you start all of a sudden, move two or three guys out, bring one in, you got a whole new thing going on. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it blowing it up, but they have to do something because maybe just last night's game alone and some of the other uh, games that we've seen recently, it shows that they're not able to compete just yet as is. They need more. I mean, they played Phoenix tough last night, but when it came down to the last few minutes, you know, the Suns were just the better team. So as good as Joel Embiid is, he needs more of a cast around him. Uh, they rely too much on the second unit to try to give them offense, and it just doesn't happen. I mean, you know, George Niang and uh, Furkan and these guys are okay. They're nice players, but they're just not good enough. So if you're not going to bring you-know-who back, and I don't think they are, you got to either make that deal or at the very least get some other talent in here to help Joel and company. Um You know, I listen to talk radio all day today, and I've heard so many different opinions. It's not going to happen. The Harden deal, it's a 55% chance that it is going to happen. One uh, insider said, so who knows? We'll find out at 3.01 tomorrow afternoon, hopefully. Um, I'm starting to doubt that it's going to happen, but I do think that they're going to make some kind of moves to try to get a little more offense for this team because they're going to need it. Uh, you know, Embiid's going to be worn out come playoff time if, if he's going to have to be the guy without much help offensively. Well, you know, Harris had 30 points last night. He's been uh, playing well. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the thing is, like, how do, how do you mesh another basketball into Joel? You know, he he's, he's the guy. He's going to get the ball. And how, how does he step back a little to let somebody else step in a little um, to make this a better team? And are you a better team if you get rid of Harris and one of these young guys? You know, I think it sounds like, uh, you know, the Nets have the Sixers over a barrel a little bit if they want to get rid of 25. And then they want one of these youngsters that the Sixers seem a little reluctant to want to get rid of. Yeah. uh, Most of the people who are following it think that if the Sixers could get hardened, that that would be a great combination. Now, I mean, there's a downside to it. You'd have to give up more than Simmons to get him. You got to worry about Harden staying in shape and staying motivated. Uh, he's still playing reasonably well this year. His shooting's not quite what it used to be, but he's still averaging 22 and a half points a game or whatever, and very close to 10 assists per game too. So as much as he likes to shoot, he can also, you know, dish it off as well. And most people think that he and Embiid would be a great team together because that would open up a lot of the court for the other guys on the Sixers as well. So I'm not dying to see it happen, but they certainly have to do something. So I just can't wait till three o'clock tomorrow to see what they've done. Well, well, probably in this league more than any, we we've seen the ego clashes, you know, because there's, you know, five guys on the court at the time, but you know, we've seen these ego clashes and, and getting these guys to play together is certainly a challenge. And uh, you know, I'm not sure doc rivers is the guy that can make that happen either. Yeah. Well, doc, I think a lot of times that he's maybe overrated as a coach because still they have trouble closing teams out again in the Tuesday night loss. They were ahead by 10 or 11 points late in the third quarter on still by a couple of points with four or five minutes left. They end up losing by, you know, four or whatever, four or five points. Um, And too often he brings a whole second unit in rather than, you know, doing a little mix and match stuff. And they're just not good enough to do that. So come on, doc, get it together. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's they're going to have to do something. I don't think they can stand Pat at 3 o'clock tomorrow yep. and expect to, to compete for a championship. So I agree. Got to do we'll, something. We'll see. And uh, hopefully something is the right something. And maybe it's not Harden. I'm not sure where the next place is you go if it's not Harden, since he's the one been getting all the all the ink. But it will be uh, interesting to see. Yeah, and a lot of other guys are already off the table. They've been moved, you know, Sabonis and some of these other guys. Bradley Beal now out for the year with an injury. Uh, Damian Lillard is off the table for now. Maybe that's something they can explore in the offseason again. But got to do something, as we said. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Flyers open back up tonight, second half of the season. 37 games left. The Flyers are 17 points out of the final wild card spot, Jet. Uh should they be wholesale sellers, including all-star game MVP and team captain Claude Giroux, James Van Riemsdyk, uh, Rotsalonen? They got guys. Uh, should we have a fire sale? Three words, Bill. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they should clean house. Interestingly, I read on Tuesday that they sent both Cam York and Morgan Frost back down to Lehigh Valley. Why? Shouldn't these guys be getting experience with the big club since they are, you know, pretty much out of the playoff picture? Why would you send them back to Lehigh Valley for, you know, at least a couple of weeks? I don't get it. And what do you make of Danny Briere being named special assistant to the general manager? Yeah, but that, that writing was a little bit on the wall. Uh, I think Montreal w- wanted Briere uh, yeah. probably, I don't know, maybe it's been three weeks ago now, and the Flyers blocked that. Um, and speaking of that, uh, Martin St. Louis got that job today, at least on I an interim that. basis. So uh, another interesting move. Uh, yeah, good for Briere, I guess. Uh, can he evaluate talent and all that? We'll find out. But, you know, the thing about Giroux, Chet, and I get it from a contract standpoint, and I get it that he's been around forever, but I also get that he's still their best player, and there's nobody close. You know, with Couturier hurt, uh, he's the only other one of those guys. So you trade away your best player, your only scorer, to get more young guys for a farm system or whatever. Uh, I don't know what you're going to get for Giroux, but – you got to replace his points. You didn't replace Voracek's points yet from last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of a no-win situation for the team because they would be losing one of their best players and one of their most popular players and probably not getting fair return. But on the other hand, it's it would be nice for Giroux to have a shot at winning the Cup because it doesn't look like it's going to happen in Philadelphia even if he's here for the next couple of years. Yeah, and, and you know, it wasn't long ago. We, we thought that that was the team on the rise. Of all of all the yeah. Philly teams, we thought that was the team on the rise. Well, And, boy, they have struggled. Yeah, we thought they had the goaltender. They just needed to, uh, you know, fine-tune the defense a little bit. And I guess they tried doing that, and then they ended up getting, you know, injuries. And Hart had the down year last year. He's played better this year, but the defense still not what it should be. So they're a ways off. Yeah, well, their defense was better the first year that Hart was there, which made him a better goaltender. Last yeah. year, the defense was terrible, and he was as bad with it. And this year, they're both average. You got it. All right. Okay, more meetings, no negotiations, calling for arbitrators. Pitchers and catchers are doing camp next week. It's not going to happen. May not happen for a while. It's bad business. And I can tell you from my insider from the traveling party that I know said maybe March. 
Very disappointing. We're talking baseball, of course. Another week gone by and pretty much nothing, Bill. I believe owners are meeting in Orlando this week. And while there could be some new negotiations set up for Friday or soon after, Commissioner Rob Manfred, who, by the way, sucks, is expected to <laughs> announce Thursday or Friday that the start of spring training will be delayed. It's not going to happen February 16th or whatever it was supposed to happen next week. So, yeah, it's just bad. And as uh, Eddie Barkowitz said, they're just a messed up league. They're shooting themselves in the foot. They're, you know, not doing great with the public already. And here they are, you know, unable to come to even how often they should talk. They should be talking every day around the clock. So I don't get it. Okay, here I, I found this article, so I wanted to share this because a lot of people don't know what this is about, and I'm not even sure after reading it. I fully understand what it's about, but here's what it says. For now, the two sides remain in a stalemate, according to MLB.com. Yep. The MLPA, Players Association, offered to reduce the figure for a pre-arbitration bonus pool from $105 million to $100 million. However, the league had offered to create a $10 million pool, one which would reward the top players among the group of pre-arbitration players. I'm not exactly sure what all that means uh, because the other thing it said is that the players want everyone to be eligible for arbitration after two seasons. Mm. Ownership is dead against that, understandably. Yeah, it's going to cost them a lot of money. And it, and it and it's a dead issue. It's not a negotiable discussion issue. So that's why we are where we are. That's what the players have put on the table. That's what the owners say. It is not happening. So here, here we are, fans hoping to play baseball. Not going to happen anytime soon. And that's why I haven't booked a trip to Florida in March like I was hoping to, Bill, because uh, it ain't looking too good. <laughs> I hear you. Well, uh, I, I can only hope that it gets straightened out. Baseball is a good game. And as Ed said, baseball continues to shoot itself in the foot. And uh, billionaires arguing with millionaires just doesn't go over for, you know, us guys who have to go buy tickets um, to, to watch a ball game, park, eat hot dogs and everything else. They're driving me to drink, Bill. <laughs> That's not hard. That's not hard. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and give a shout-out to all our shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, Jet. Uh, this is good stuff. As we said, the, each week the uh, the lineup keeps on growing. The, the Broad Street Bully podcast is Monday. Monday Mailbag with Joey Sharon on Monday. Talking Philly Sports with Maddie B on Tuesday. Us on early Wednesday. Wednesday night, EOP Sports 4 for 4 with Joey and Al. Uh, 9.30 live tonight. Friday, we've got the EOP Super Bowl predictions. We've got a couple guys going to be on that. And, of course, Saturday morning, the Patterson Avenue Fanatics Breakfast with the Boys, TK and the group, 9 a.m. to talk all things Philly sports. As always, another huge week. Uh, you can catch all the podcasts also if you missed the live shows. And don't forget to sign up for the newsletter uh, that comes to your email box on Friday mornings, usually by 9 or 10 o'clock a.m., for the highlights of the entire week. Good stuff. Always, always. Always, always, always. All right, what else we got, Chet? Let's talk about uh, 
football. And we don't forget, folks, football. stick around. We got our Dick Vermeil interview coming up. We'll have that for you in about five minutes. Yeah, We're going to talk right. uh, Super Bowl and uh, see who's going to win the trophy this year, Bill. There you go. Well, hey, uh, it's time for us to make our Super Bowl predictions. I'm interested to see what Boop and Boop, Bob Patron Jr., and you have to say, uh, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm sitting here right now on Wednesday night chat, and I still don't have my mind made up, and I'm probably going to make it up in the next three minutes. All right. Well, I've made my mind up, and I'll tell you in a few minutes. But uh, regarding Boop, well, first of all, it's very important, Bill. I think it's important that we mention that I have clinched the season championship. No, we, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that. I didn't ask you about that. I just thought it was important <laughs> that, yes, I won our little predictions battle. Yeah. I am two wins up on Boop and four up on you. So, boom. Uh, sorry, guys. But anyway, yes, Rams and Bengals this Sunday in Super Bowl 56. You and I will make our picks in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's see who Boop likes in the big game. Until this year, the last Cincinnati Pro sports team to advance in any postseason was the 1995 Reds, who captured one of the first post-strike divisional series in 1995. Now, the Bengals are poised to become the 21st different franchise to win a Super Bowl. And it says here they would do so rather easily. I told you last week about the two prop bets I already have. Under shortest touchdown being one and a half yards. And also the under on the longest touchdown. That line has landed at 42 and a half. That's the lowest of those lines in the last eight Super Bowls. Still fairly confident for it. But I'm going to go a little heavier monetary wise on the under one and a half for the shortest. The other prop bet I landed on was Cooper Cup's receptions, which everybody's betting. I landed at eight and a half. It's a pretty high number, but it's also the first number that gets you into positive odds. I got him at plus 110. Figuring if the Bengals are going to be ahead most of the game, Matthew Safford's going to have to throw the ball, and that's when Cup will get a lot of his catches. You can catch me at Splits Bar and Grill on Route 73 South in Maple Shade, New Jersey, Sunday, watching the last of all 13 NFL games I've seen there. I hope you stick around to watch the post-game ceremony, not the one on the field. I'm talking about the one in the bar where they unlock the front doors, push me out to the parking lot, and hope I can find my way home. That way they can start getting ready for March Madness. Thanks, guys. Boop's <laughs> a stand-up comedian. Yes, he is. Yes, yes he comedian. is. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and we see he's back in the Eagles and out of the Chiefs shirt today. Yeah, I guess he gave up on the Chiefs. Well, I don't know why he's wearing an Eagles shirt either. But anyway, right. so Boop likes the Bengals. How about that? To win outright. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Who you uh, like? I don't know which way. I'm going to give you another 30 seconds to uh, make yeah. your pick. But I need it. I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, um, the Rams have that strong D-line. The Bengals have a not-so-great O-line. And even though Joe Burrow has been terrific in the postseason much of the time, yeah, he got sacked nine times in the game against the Titans. I'm going to take the team that's playing in its home stadium with a veteran quarterback, Matt Stafford. Yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of playoff experience, but I like Stafford. I like the Rams. I'm going to take L.A. to win this one. Let's say 34-24. There you go, Bill. Hmm. Well, I'm going to take the Rams also, and here's why. And and you know, I told you this a couple of weeks ago, and I bet it, or I bet I picked against them. Uh, I like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati when they went to Kansas City. I still like Joe Burrow now, uh, but I think for two reasons: the one you just said, the defense in front of the Rams, defense defense is what it's all about. You mm-hmm. know, it may they may still score points. It's going to be defensive plays. 
Um, Jalen Ramsey can match up with Jamar Chase. He's probably the only one that can match up with Jamar Chase. If he can take him out of the game, now the Bengals have to find some other things to happen. They're going to be pressuring Joe Burrow. And I think Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham are really good. And, uh, you know, the Bengals are going to try to take Cup out of the game. Odell Beckham might be your guy come Sunday. So I'm going Rams. Um, but I'm really excited about this game. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, Will they cover four and a half? Yes, they'll cover. What's the over under? I don't remember. I, I don't yeah. know. I saw it. And I forget. Yeah. No. I, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go Rams, and I think they'll cover. But I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a ten point game. But I don't think it'll be a field goal game either. All right. You think the Rams will win and cover? I took the Rams by ten. Boop likes the Bengals outright. And by the way, Boop contributes to the website bettersinsider.com. All kinds of betting info there and even more from Boop on Twitter at BoopStats. There you go. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, as we said, you had a chance to sit down yesterday with the coach, the legendary Dick Vermeil, as he awaits the Pro Football Hall of Fame announcement that also comes tomorrow. Um, did you get him to spill the beans? You know, as I said at the top of the show, if he does know the outcome of the voting already, he hit it well. He did not, you know, give any kind of a clue as far as, you know, how they voted. So, and I got to say, as, as I mentioned with you and Ed, uh, this Philly legend is 85 years old. And yeah, he is sharper than you and me, Bill. Just listen to this guy. Here is our chat, Dick Vermeil and I. Well, this is quite a thrill, making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio. He was on the show just over five years ago. It is the great Dick Vermeil. Welcome back, Coach. Uh, nice to be with you. It's been fun before, so let's do it again. Well, Coach, the votes have been cast, and unless there's a ridiculous upset, it's going to be announced Thursday during that evening's NFL Honors show that the 2022 Hall of Fame class will include Dick Vermeil. How's that make you feel? Well, you know, first off, I'm aware it's not 100%. You know, uh, at least I'm thinking that. Now, there's only been 15 coaches in, inducted over the last 33 years. So uh, I know I'm a finalist, and if they put a coach in, it's me. And I, I'm very proud of that fact and very humbled by it because there's so many other people that are qualified as well. So here I am. I'm waiting. I like your chances. We're going to talk more about the hall in just a bit, but – Regarding your coaching career, after two years guiding UCLA, you ended up, of course, with the Eagles. You coached 15 years in the NFL, seven with the Eagles, of course, then much later, three seasons with the St. Louis Rams. You won that Super Bowl title. And then another five, a few hours west of St. Louis in Kansas City. And, Coach, in each case, you took what had been a down franchise to the playoffs in your third year. Does it often take a couple of years to get the roster you want and to get the players to buy in? Well, I think it does. You know, unfortunately, the coaches of today in the modern era aren't getting as much time. And also the coaches don't have the control of the practice schedule, the padded, the double days and all these kind of things like they used to to build their football team. But my basic philosophy was always try to build a team, not buy it, you know, do it through the draft. But when we got to Philadelphia, as you remember, we didn't have any draft choices for three yeah. years, at least the first I picked. But anyway, uh, our approach seemed to work. It just took a little while to get it done. And then we won 35% of our games the first two years with three different teams. We won 73% of them on the third year. So it worked, you know. It Disappointing sure did. is that it took us five to get to the 
Super Bowl with the Eagles, I got beat. We can get it done. Yeah. Coach, the Eagles, speaking of the birds, are coming off a 9-8 and eight season. They made the playoffs as a seventh seed. Uh, but they still seem to be far back of teams like the Rams and Packers and Chiefs and Bengals. So what does Jalen Hurts need to do to truly become the guy, assuming they are going to put their faith in him? And what else do the Eagles need to do this offseason? Well, I think they have to keep doing what they did the second half of the season to continue to improve and, and give him the opportunity to gain experience. Uh, he's a talented young man, whether he's going to be the guy that can uh, beat teams that, that have, a, a, you know, the great defense, uh, you know, and also have the great quarterback. Uh, it's going to take time to see that, but uh, he sure made progress. He really did. Do they need to upgrade the defense, upgrade wide receivers still this offseason? What do you think? You know, I think it's a constant program to upgrade everything you're doing. Yeah. And I always started with myself. If you want your team to improve, the first guy's got to improve as a head coach. He's got to get better. Then each assistant's got to get better. Then you go down to the players and help them get better. Then you bring in better players at different positions and let, let them compete. Many times just the competition makes the player that was there last year better because he might lose his job if he isn't better. And sometimes it's, it's maturity, you know. So uh, uh, I was impressed with the improvement they made, and I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said 15 times or 1,500 times already, but I was impressed with the improvements they made and uh, hopefully that uh, Jalen and the, he can become the big-time guy because we, they all need him. Hey, look at the two quarterbacks going in the game this week, you know. You got yeah. the number one pick in the draft that led the conference after six games as a rookie and getting hurt, led the conference with 70% complete, led the conference in yards per pass attempt, led the conference in yards per pass completion. It's obvious. It's not as obvious with Jalen. We've got to find a way to, to get him up to that level. It's going to be tough, but he's a great kid and he works hard. Well, speaking of top-level quarterbacks, Coach, uh, a couple of weeks back, I saw the movie American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. I know you've seen it yourself three times at various events. I really enjoyed it. And it implied that you believed in Kurt Warner a lot more than some of the other folks around him. How accurate was that? I think that there, it's probably close to being true, maybe exaggerated, but see, as a head coach, you're not coaching a specific position and not coordinating an offense or a defense. You have more time to evaluate each player on the field during practice. And uh, the movie doesn't show or give any examples of his very first year with us. You know, he was there yeah. for a whole season. That wasn't included in the movie. It would have made the movie too long. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to watch him every day as a head coach, just watch him attack our defenses, playing the opponent quarterback. And I was impressed. So I had more confidence in him maybe initially, but the staff bought in. And then, of course, Mike Martz and the offensive coaches did a great job with him. Speaking of movies, I got to ask you, uh, you've seen both movies, of course, over the years. Who was the better Dick Vermeil, Dennis Quaid in that one or Greg Kinnear in Invincible? Well, you know, they were both very talented guys, and it was a challenge to be me. I'm sure it must have been. But <laughs> I, what I appreciate, appreciated about American Underdog and Dennis Quaid was they actually used some exact comments I made to Kurt. So that, to me, that added credibility to their whole efforts to make the movie. 
Gotcha. Uh, you won the Super Bowl with them and Kurt. And now Super Bowl 56 matches the upstart Cincinnati Bengals with their great young quarterback, who you mentioned, Joe Burrow. And the franchise you took all the way 22 years ago when they played in St. Louis, of course, not Los Angeles. Uh, we're talking about the Rams. So who are you rooting for this Sunday and who wins? Well, I'm rooting for the Rams. You know, uh, there's not anybody really in the organization anymore that was when I was there other than Stan Kroenke owned 43% of the team when I was coaching him in St. Louis. Now he owns them all. Uh, but I'm a Ram fan. I think the Rams are a slightly better team. But, you know, Chiefs proved a week ago that the best team doesn't always win. You know, you only have to be the best team game day. And I think the team that's going to win this one is the team that uh, doesn't get a touchdown call back or a big play call back or give somebody a pass interference penalty 30 yards downfield in the red zone or these kinds of things, uh, those kind of calls in, in, in tight games, uh, I think will make the difference. But I believe in studying the numbers like I have, if you took just the numbers alone, it would be the Rams winning the football game. Okay. All right, Coach, last August you were out in Canton for Harold Carmichael's long overdue, I think, induction into the Hall of Fame. And while you were out there, uh, I'm looking at a picture right now. You can see it, too. About 20 ex-Eagles were out there, made the trip. You know, we're talking Ron Jaworski, Mike Quick, John Bunting, Ken Dunnick, uh, John Spagnolia, Keith Krepsley, our buddy Kevin Riley, and the great Brian Dawkins. I have a feeling we're going to see an even bigger contingent of ex-Eagles out in Canton this August, not to mention a bunch of Rams and Chiefs alumni. You apparently made quite an impression on your players. Well, they made a quite an impression on me. <laughs> you know, they took me any place I went, believe me. There was more of them making a contribution and great coaches around me. Uh, you know, I'm very close to a lot of my players. I was just passing up the other day with Keith Greffley and Frank Lamaster and had a great time with them. And, you know, you know, those guys did a great job for me, and hopefully I did a good job for them. And I've always believed in building sincere, honest relationships and, and coach the hell out of them. You know, my motto was make them sweat on the field, Make them happy off the field. Hey, Coach, when the Eagles beat the Patriots four years ago in Super Bowl 52, I'm guessing that as a former coach of the franchise, you felt some of that special feeling that all of us fans felt, did you not? No question. I really did. Uh, it touched me. I mean, I, I know how sincerely loved the Eagles are by the Philadelphia fan and how intense they can be and how much they appreciate great effort and how much – they despise poor effort, and uh, I was happy for them. I was happy for the organization, and it, it really touched me. I was happy for Doug Peterson and his coaching staff, the ownership, Howie Roseman. You know, they, they get a, they take a lot of heat in this town. Okay, they take you know we're with you winter tie and don't tie many. You know, and I, I was really touched. Hey, Coach, one more thing. Uh, you and Kevin Riley and a bunch of others who were involved, of course, put on a terrific golf event for 27 years through 2019. I was lucky enough to have uh, made it to the last four that yeah. you guys put on. I'm not sure how much money you raised over those 27 years for the Boy Scouts, Chester County Council, but, now what a great event that was. Yes, it, it has been and was, and they're starting it over again. I'm not deeply involved in it anymore. I just got sort of tired of asking people for money. So here comes Vermeil asking for money again. And I thought we made our contribution. We probably produced over $5 million in those 27 years that went directly to the scouting programs here in Chester County. And I want to direct my efforts, uh, you know, cool cars for kids, a uh, chop, 
there's a fund there for my special needs granddaughter, Amy Vermeil Fund, and these kinds of things that and, and touch other people. There's a, you know, I just wanted to, to do something a little bit different and help in a different area. Finally, Coach, before I let you go, I'm going to need to see your birth certificate because you can't really be 85. Is it the Dick Vermeil wines that keep you young or what? Well, I hope so. You know, I don't know. You know, yeah, you know I've always believed if you want to be healthy, you got to work at it. It's the great, actually, it's the greatest investment you can make is in your own personal health. And I'm fortunate. I've always been in the sports world. I've always been a fitness guy. And I work out three to five times a week. You know, I've been doing it. All my life. Now, maybe that's why I supposedly look younger, but I know this. So, I, you know, I, I, I have two artificial hips, can't hear, can't remember, can't see, and can't pee. Other than that, I'm in pretty damn good shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Coach Vermeil, this was great. Congrats on what I'm sure is going to be some terrific news Thursday evening from the Hall of Fame, folks. And if I'm right about that, I'm going to see you in August out in Canton, okay? Well, I look forward to it. Believe me. God, he's so good. <laughs> oh, he's so good. So good. Hey, hey, Chet, I want to throw this out because we have a minute to do this. And I shared this with you and some of the EOP guys the other day. But for old-time Eagles fans, and I know we've got, you know, people our age that, that watch this show, from 1960 to 1977, and we just said Coach Ramil got there in 76, the Eagles won 73 games, lost 142. So they were averaging four and a half wins a season from 1960 to 1977. Three years later, Coach Vermeil has them in the Super Bowl. And here we are 40-plus years later, and this Eagles organization is still flipped around from Dick Vermeil coming on board in the 70s. He turned the franchise around, and for that in its own self is a Hall of Fame. Yeah, you look at his record, and it's not overly impressive, the one-loss record. But in each case, the first two years, you know, he was building that team. And in the third year, he got them to the playoffs. He knew the numbers exactly. Uh, they were like a 35% winning percentage the first two years, and then like 70% or whatever in year three. Playoffs each time in the Super Bowl with the Rams. So, yeah, it takes a couple of years, and he did it with the Eagles. He did it with the Rams. He did it with the Chiefs. Yeah, and we, we were kidding the young guys, you know, that – they don't know what it's like to have grown up like we did where we watched the Eagles win two, three, four, maybe five games a season for year after year after year until Coach Vermeil came on board. And since then, it's kind of been a been a pretty good life for Eagles fans. There's been a few dips, but for the most part, it's been on the high side. And he's the one that turned this organization around. And here we are 40-some years later, and it's still turned around. And we hope we get some good news Thursday night when the NFL Honors Show airs and they announce the Hall of Fame class. Yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. Quite the poker face uh, yeah, from yeah. Coach. He didn't let it on, but uh, I got a feeling. I got a feeling he knew. I got a good feeling about it. Yeah. Hey, Bill, listen. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm squeezing in a random chat segment. We have Who two knew? minutes. I'm doing it. I found out this morning, Bill, that uh, today happens to be a milestone birthday of, well, she's frankly an amazing woman who is a very talented singer-songwriter who's been writing classics for more than 60 years. She co-wrote Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow in the late 50s when she was just 17 or 18. It became a hit for the Shirelles in 1960. Then in the 1960s, she wrote or co-wrote songs including 
chains, the locomotion up on the roof. Go away, little girl. One fine day. I'm into something good. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Big hit for the monkeys. Uh, you make me feel like a natural woman. Huge hit. All of those hits for others, but then in the 1970s, she had a massive hit of her own. In fact, a bunch of them on her great album, Tapestry. Uh, that included So Far Away, I Feel the Earth Move, and It's Too Late. Among her other best-known songs, Jazz Man, Sweet Seasons, and of course, You've Got a Friend. So many great songs. And yeah, I'm talking about Carol King, who is 80 years old today. She was finally put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just last year. So happy birthday to Carol King, one of the all-time greats. Well, I didn't know you were going to go birthdays because I had a couple I was saving for the end. So I'll throw them out there. Go happy ahead. birthday, Bill Berge, 77 years old, Chet. How one did your that favorites. happen? I know, one of your favorites. Vince Papali, 76 yeah. years old today. And that John Cruck is 61, 61 years old how how did these guys get this old i don't know because we're still 40 so that's right that's what i'm <laughs> all right hey great guest tonight chad and ed barkowitz and coach for meal who's coming to philly press box radio next week you got you set the bar high again tonight <sighs> well bill the nba trade deadline will have come and gone and we'll know a lot more about the 76ers chances of being a true contender down the stretch so who better to talk with us about that than the awesome D line them almost every year. We seem to have D on in mid February, which happens to be the NBA trade deadline usually. And it is also her birthday week. I believe it is February 20th, her birthday. So D line them on next week to talk Sixers and more. All right. Good stuff. I'm sure that'll be great. And uh, D is always right on point and doesn't have any problem saying what she's thinking about. Yep. Good. That's what we good like. Stuff. All right, let's take another quick break and thank our friends over at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line Razzes that give you greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win, Chet? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118RAZROOM. That's right. PPCC118RAZROOM on Facebook. And, Chet, I can tell you right now, they have a block pool up for the Super Bowl that has about 20 or 15 or 20 boxes left. Barry Sanders helmet, Randy Moss helmets, all kinds of good things to win by the quarters. And also a separate Raz going on with an Aaron Rodgers helmet. So, Nice. Some good stuff out there. Check out the Raz Room. You got it. Well, a parting shot for you tonight, sir. Well, you know, Bill, Sunday night's Super Bowl will be the 11th one called by Al Michaels. And it could be his last. It will likely be his final one for NBC anyway. Al is 77 years old, believe it or not. But he says he's not ready for the rocking chair just yet. And it's widely speculated that he will join Amazon Prime as that entity takes over Thursday night football coverage next season. We shall see. Side note, the first Super Bowl that Al Michaels worked, Bill, he was actually in the studio for Super Bowl 19 on ABC. That was in 1985. And get this, at the time he was a studio co-host with Jim Lampley alongside, wait for it, Tom Landry and O.J. Simpson. 
So there you go, go. Al Michaels. <laughs> Times have changed. One other thing, baseball umpire Joe West officially announced his retirement the other day. And sorry, Cowboy Joe, but no one's going to miss you. <laughs> did you happen to see Fergie Jenkins quote? Fergie Jenkins not. quoted uh, on Joe West retiring. I just said not. every time he was doing the game, I told him it was like working with Ray Charles. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy, the, Joe uh, went, Cowboy Joe went back to the Fergie Jenkins era? Oh, yeah. Wow. 46 years? Holy crap. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And he, what his other one was... Uh, I was going to call, uh, or I called Joe West to congratulate him on his retirement, but he missed that call too. <laughs> That's good. Fergie was fired up. He was that fired up. Good man. Good stuff. Hey Bill, All enjoy right. the Super Bowl, man. We're gonna we're gonna see who gets to uh, raise the trophy this year. I'm looking yeah. forward to the game. That's right. Hey, one other thing, Chet. I'm gonna throw this out without the details because we're working on them. EOP Sports going to do a huge um, week long. Wow. NFL draft. We're going to have shows every night. Actually, it's almost going to be a month long, but it's going to really work its way down to the last week, and uh, we're going to all participate in it. You'll have a part, I'll have a part. Everybody's going to be doing something, and uh, so we'll have a lot more details on that. I think we're going to find it to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to cover it end-to-end like nobody else, my friend. And we're going to also have a big event, I believe, March 26th at a tavern in Delco. We're going to just say that for now. We'll, I'll give you more of the details in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that that's uh, supposed to be getting finalized tonight. So they're yeah. not ready to unveil it, but um, it'll be good. Keep March 26th open. That's all. Saturday that's, the 26th. That's right. All right. Anything else before we wrap it? Uh, that's it. Let's wrap it up, Bill. Okay, let's thank tonight's special guests, Ed Barkowitz and Dick Vermeil, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 16th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on YouTube at phillypressboxradio, or on all the Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. So high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Good luck, Coach Ramil, and let's go Sixers. Trade Ben. Trade Ben.